This is Carl. Don't be afraid. You have stolen my dreams. A green hydrogen powerhouse. Let's talk about climate change. This is the last chance. Do you own an electric vehicle? If so, congratulations for having navigated not just price but supply issues. But if not, do you have your eye on one? Maybe you're wondering just how much longer you'll be driving a petrol car. EVs are, of course, marketed to us as a greener option, but some aren't convinced, suggesting this could be another example of greenwashing. Tech critic Paris Marx is the host of the podcast Tech Won't Save Us and the author of Road to Nowhere, What Silicon Valley Gets Wrong About the Future of Transportation. He joins us for this week's Carbon Counter. Paris, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Why do you believe the marketing of electric vehicles is misleading? Um, I, I just think it goes a bit too far. I, I would generally say that I think that electric cars are still better in many cases than fossil fuel vehicles. You know, the life cycle emissions are still going to be lower. But I think that often they're presented as being, you know, zero emissions, like you buy one and there's no emissions at all. Um, when actually what we know is there's a lot of emissions in the production process. And then, you know, as you drive it, there's some emissions that come with that as well. And so I think that needs to be taken into account when we actually discuss what the impact of these vehicles is going to be, instead of pretending that, you know, there's actually, there's absolutely no impact that comes with them at all. So let's dig into the detail of that a bit. What are the emissions associated with the manufacturing of EVs uh, and what are some of the social implications of that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a really important point, right? Because a lot of those emissions come from the battery in the vehicle. And one of the things that many people might know when it comes to those batteries, there's a lot of minerals that need to be extracted from the earth in order to create them, right? A lot of lithium and graphite and, you know, other minerals that people might be familiar with. And when we look at the plans to significantly scale up the amount of electric vehicles that are going to be on the roads in the next decade or two, um, that's going to require a lot more mining than we're doing right now. And that is going to have environmental impacts in the places where those mines are located. But often those mines are located next to communities where they can also have impacts on the people who live near them um, or, you know, the workers who work at those mines. And it's not clear to me that, you know, if there's going to be a lot of demand in a short period of time, that the establishment of those mines or the expansion of those mines is going to be done in an ethical way. And so I think that that is a, an important part of this conversation when we consider the full impact of this, you know, shift to electric vehicles. And it's not just lithium either, is it? There are significant concerns around cobalt, most of which come from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Yep, that's absolutely right. And we know that there's a lot of, um, you know, there's potential child mining there, um, like children, workers who are working in those mines who get some of those minerals out of there. Um, and, you know, there's funding of rebel groups and all these other things that come along with what happens there. And of course, the lithium, you know, there's a lot that comes from Australia. There's a lot that also comes from South America, where it's been known to interfere with water supplies and local indigenous com indigenous communities. And, you know, there's a report out recently from, um, you know, a, an environmental group that looks at the potential impacts of these things that suggests that you know, if we just look at a slightly different way of approaching this, you know, transition in, in how we get around and how our transportation system works, you know, if we look at smaller electric vehicles, if we look at more transit, more cycling and things like that, we can significantly reduce the amount of minerals that would actually be necessary for that. At what point you've made the EV, at what point in the EV's lifetime does it become better for the environment than a conventional combustion engine car? 
generally, you know, the average consumer, if you're just buying a car and it's your main vehicle and you're driving it, you know, virtually every day, then if you, you know, factor in the complete life cycle of the vehicle, even though it has a higher production emissions because of that battery, you know, by the end of the life cycle of the vehicle, it will have produced fewer emissions over that life cycle than a fossil fuel vehicle because, you know, you're you're burning a lot more fossil fuels. You're creating a lot more emissions um, with every kilometer that, with every kilometer that you drive. Um, if you're driving, you know, a fossil fuel, a, a car that's powered by diesel or gas or something like that. If you've just tuned in, Paris Marx is talking about misleading marketing around electric vehicles here on RN Drive. What needs to change beyond electrification? Yeah, you know, I think that there's a bigger discussion that we can have here, right? We're at this moment where we recognize that there's a problem with the transport system, particularly around the emissions that come from it. But I think that most people who, you know, get around cities or towns um, would also recognize that there are other problems, right? The amount of time that people are stuck in traffic, the amount of people who might die on our roads and other issues that come along with the transport system that we've built. And so instead of just saying, okay, we need to swap every, you know, car powered by gas or diesel for or a car powered by a battery, um, I think it opens an opportunity for us to say, maybe, you know, we are, are obviously not going to get rid of all of those personal vehicles out there, but maybe there's an opportunity to make some greater investments in public transportation, in cycling infrastructure, in ensuring that our communities are walkable and you can reach the things that you need closer to your home so you don't need to travel as far. In the US, EVs are becoming a political battleground if they ever stopped being a political battleground. Uh, (laughs) The Democrats are pushing for more EVs on the roads. Uh, Some Republican red states are pushing back. Wyoming, just this month, proposed a bill to ban new sales of EVs by 2035, which did not succeed. But that's pretty drastic. What's behind this? Yeah, it's disappointing, right? And it's how a lot of these kind of environmental measures just get positioned as part of this broader culture war that is going on in the United States. But, you know, there's elements of this in a lot of countries around the world. Um, And, you know, anything that would be positioned as, um, you know, being better for the environment in any way, you're going to find a constituency that is going to just oppose it outright because it's different from how we do things right now. Um, And I think that especially at a moment where we're not just dealing with the crisis of climate change, but, you know, we're dealing with the cost of living crisis and these other, um, you know, difficult challenges that we face as a, soci- as a society. You know, these kind of reductive um, ways of looking at these issues really aren't helping us. Um, and we need to be able to have these difficult conversations about the way that we move forward and to recognize that, you know, maybe there are some things that do need to change and we can improve society while we're doing that. So interesting, Paris. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Paris Marx is a Canadian tech critic, an author and a podcaster. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.